Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's a brand new episode. And it's gonna be some fucking question and answers. You give me the question. Give you the answers, and I hope they don't sound like shit. And they give you some helpful tips. Woo! Hello, everyone. Um, as the uh, custom theme song said, it's a question and answer episode of Mikey Likes You. How is everyone doing? Hopefully very, 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 very good. Another home edition because we are still on motherfucking lockdown. Motherfucking lockdown. Um, so, yeah, there's that. But um, it's been a while. I've been lucky enough to have a lot of guests and a lot of, like, kind of themed episodes. But uh, it's been a while. In the words of Aaron Lewis, it's been a while since... um. We just did a plain old Q&A, and I know a lot of people like that, um, or at least that's the feedback that I'm getting. So I put out the uh, the beacon for some questions, and I got some good ones. So I'll just get right into it. Um, hi, Mike. This is from Colleen. Colleen. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for taking questions. I appreciate all you do so much. Well, I appreciate what you do, Colleen. My question is, I like to do squats and would like to get better at them. My problem is that my low back hurts after I do them for the day or for that day and often the next day too. Mm-hmm. It's not a sharp pain, but a dull sore pain, which is very uncomfortable. Do you have any advice on how I can change up the movement and or low back decompressing stretches, etc.? Thanks so much. You live. Well, if it's not a sharp pain, if you out, you're not injuring yourself, if it's an actual soreness for like muscle fatigue, that means uh, two things are at play here. Probably a, a good combination of two things. One, your low back, your erectors are too weak, um, and you need to correct those imbalances. Um, it happens quite a bit. Oftentimes, someone has like whip, weak, weak glutes, weak abdominals, and it throws off a lot of the compound movements. Um, but weak low back is very common and also you're probably not squatting correctly. Um, and that's okay. Um, don't, don't let that discourage you. Don't let, don't give up because it is that beneficial. Um, and it is important for people to be squatting, deadlifting, all those things. Um, you know, barring anything exceptional, if you have an injury or you are anatomically not set up for those, but overall, most of us, Get a lot of benefit out of those big compound movements, man, especially the squat and the deadlift. So if you're having trouble doing it, um, I recommend Squat University all the time. Squat University is fantastic. They're constantly giving out tremendous information. Um, and uh, you're, you're going to learn a lot there. I'm constantly learning about my deadlift and my squat, and I'm pretty darn good. And I still, you know, I'm not, I'm not a professional. I, I'm not an expert uh, at, at the, an elite level. Every one of us can learn and can constantly get better. So even if you're throwing up big weights, this notion that you're too good to, to get better or um, to refine your form, that's insane. The greatest in the world at everything all train, all work to get better, to refine their skills. Trust me. 
I'll never forget um, back in it's probably like 2005 or six. Um, Metallica did a breakfast with Kevin and Bean. And for those of you who are not from Los Angeles or not familiar with the Kevin and Bean show, it was the morning show at K-Rock, uh, the, the kind of alternative rock station here in Los Angeles for 30 years, 30-something years. And I was a member of that radio show. And back when they did this breakfast with Metallica, and they would constantly have these huge bands come in and play some music real early in the morning. Um, sometimes they'd be pre-recorded, but either way, you know, the show was on from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. And they'd do these breakfast with shows. It was a live concert with humongous bands. They did U2, Weezer, Foo Fighters, everyone, you know, keep go down the list. They did it. Um, and they did one with Metallica. And during commercial break, um, I, you know, I, I'm a guitar player. I'm not a great one, but I, I love, I love playing the guitar. And so I was talking to Kirk Hammett and I thought, this is insane. I'm having <laughs> a conversation with Kirk Hammett. And uh, we were just shooting the shit and I wasn't trying to be too geeky and I certainly wasn't trying to bother the guy, but we, he was uh, very personable and we were just chit-chatting. Because I had I was running a soundboard and it was kind of set up near him, and he started talking. He said, "Yeah, well, you know." And then I got a when I get back up to Northern California, I'm going to work on that with my with my teacher. And I said, "Your guitar teacher?" He said, "Yeah, oh yeah." I was like, "Wait, <laughs> you have a guitar teacher, dude?" And he was like, "Yes, oh, of course." I, I mean, I I can't get so. I mean, there was times in my career where I got kind of egocentric and I thought that I didn't but he's like it's crazy not to continually get better with your with your uh instrument and discover more and refine your skills and stuff and I was like man from that point on I, I kept always reminding myself like it was like if Kirk Hammett has a fucking guitar teacher then nobody's good enough at anything to just say like I- I'm good I don't need to get better I don't need to learn no you should always have an open mind to learning more squat university is a great place to go um, another thing is, uh, you may, you may be low bar squatting or where you have your legs a little wider and you push your butt far back with the bar lower on your, uh, upper thoracic as opposed to up by your traps, which is what, you know, high bar squatting. It's very simple. The name is right in the title, low bar squatting. The bar is lower on your back, high bar squats. They are up, uh, resting on your traps on your shoulders. Um, low bar squatting develops your lower back more but it also puts a lot more stress on your your erectors so if you are low bar squatting which is very common if you learned how to squat in crossfit crossfitters like to low bar squat or at least they they uh, traditionally teach the low bar squat um then you know i would i would probably try to switch into high bar squatting also if you are high bar squatting do not high bar squat in fucked up shoes Either get weightlifting shoes or squat on uh, plates, you know, underneath your heels. Elevate your heels. Uh, squatting high bar is much different than deadlifting and low bar squats where you want like a flat foot where a lot of – you see a lot of guys, even professionals, doing it in like Chuck Taylors or, you know, um, like Vans, you know, like – or flat – really flat shoes. Wrestling shoes is really commonly used. Um, but high bar squats – much like the Olympic lifts, um, biomechanically, you do not want a flat heel. You want your heel elevated. Um, so either invest in some weightlifting shoes or just get two 10-pound plates and put your heels on on one each, you know, in your in your natural stance because that's what you want to be at biomechanically. You want to be pushing from your midfoot, not from your heel, and you want to keep that kind of upright torso, and it's really not proper to be doing that. 
just doing that in your bare feet. So those are those are some basic tips to kind of get away from hurting yourself during the squat. But like I said, there's 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 a million things to learn and to do properly to be good to be really effective at deadlifting and squatting. And you should never stop learning. And you should never assume that you're you're done getting better. Um, uh, squat University is the number one place I, I can recommend. But uh, let me think of some other places. Athlete Jeff Cavalier actually, because he's not only shredded and lifts a lot, he he has a career as a uh, physical therapist. He does a lot of good work with um, getting your body in proper mechanical kind of positioning to safely do a lot of the compound lifts. So Jeff Cavalier at Athlean X, I would I would recommend that. Um, the dude that's seventies big, seven zero apostrophe s big. Um, they they are really. Like crazy smart, crazy smart dudes, and then of course, uh, ever, all the, always recommend those dudes over at Mind Pump. All right, let's move on to some other questions here. I'm cutting. This is from the Crypt Keeper. Who scary? Ah, blah. The Crypt Keeper. I'm cutting. I can eat like crazy. What will keep me fuller for longer? I'm five nine and 190 pounds, and can eat like I'm 400 pounds. Okay, so you're beefy. Um, this is a dude. I believe, yes, it is. So you're by no means uh, a, a fat dude, um, you're, but you're beefy. 5'9", 190 is beefy, um, and I could see – I'm going through your pictures here. You're a muscular dude. You're like a husky, muscular guy, um, but you, you're, you're no skinny mini. Um, so you got to factor that in. You're going to eat like the big dude um, because you are a big dude, and you probably – to get to be a big dude, you ate a lot, and um, your body gets accustomed to eating in a certain way. That's where the kind of the frustration and the, the actual discomfort of dieting comes in is that you have to eat less than you want to eat. Not only what you want to eat like intellectually, you're telling yourself, I would like to eat more. Your body is sending signals chemically and, and, and instinctively where you're like, well, no, wait a second. I'm not done. I'm not done here. I need more. And you, you just got to stop. And that, that, that is in a nutshell really the, the main discomfort of dieting. Um, but you got to get a control of that. And uh, so as far as the key things to satiate you, um, I'm a big fan of black coffee. Um, it really does blunt hunger. Um, and it's it's a superfood. Don't let anybody convince you coffee's unhealthy. Um, within reason, obviously, you can go you can drink enough coffee that it fucks your stomach up. Um, but all this nonsense about like adrenal fatigue and all this, just shut the fuck up. OK, now, if it's preventing you from sleeping. It is unhealthy because sleep is one of the most overlooked aspects of true health. So, you know, don't drink coffee late at night or near bedtime if you're, if you're someone who sleeps in the day. But overall, uh, day in and day out, you know, some coffee is – it's really got a lot of health benefits. It's chock full of antioxidants and micronutrients and it's, um, it blunts your hunger, speeds up your metabolism, keeps your mind clean. Um, I'm a big fan. Um, fiber. Fibrous vegetables in particular because you fill – if you take like 200 calories of, let's say, pasta, it's nothing. 200 calories of pasta is like barely fills the palm of your hand. You know what 200 calories of fucking cabbage or spinach looks like? It's crazy amounts of bulk. And that bulk fills up your stomach. Um, and so you get a lot of bang for your buck. Th- those things really, really tend to fill me up. I, I eat a lot of uh, fibrous kind of cruciferous vegetables and, and leafy greens. Um, I mean, just tons. And you can get away with eating a, a, a fuck ton because they're so low in calories. 
and you find yourself a good healthy uh, – I like to use lemon juice for dressings. I like to use uh, you know, a teaspoon of, of some olive oil, avocado oil. I like the mono unsaturated fats, so I'm a big uh, olive oil and uh, avocado oil guy. Um, but occasionally, you know, I'll fuck around with the saturated, so, you know, the, the MCTs. Um, you do what you do, but, uh, those, those leafy greens and the cruciferous vegetables, big, big in helping you blunt hunger. Um, nicotine. I'm not advocating taking up, um, smoking, but nicotine, like the snooze pouches or nicotine gum, it's a, it's, it's really a safe and effective drug for dieting and for, for it's a, um, uh, neuro... No, what the fuck do they call those? <laughs> nootropic. It's a nootropic. It really helps your brain function. Um, it's, it's very true. It's not just kind of an old wives' tale. That's why all writers and you know people who have to get creative and get thoughtful they 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 are all like you know, traditionally were big smokers. Um, but you can get the the good aspects of nicotine without the negative aspects of smoking. Like I said, nicotine gum is great. Um, nicotine lozenges and nicotine snooze pouches is what I use. Um, it is addictive. But so is caffeine. You know, like uh, uh, I, I don't want to encourage people to use a drug they're not comfortable using. Okay, if you're not, if, if the whole idea of nicotine scares you, then don't you know, don't do it. I'm simply saying, when it comes down to it, I know there's ample and conclusive scientific proof that the drug nicotine itself, in and of itself, is very safe. It's quite innocuous. In fact, it's not only innocuous; it's it's kind of healthy. Um, there's myriad, uh, health benefits as far as metabolically. And like I said, it does, it's an effective nootropic. Um, John Kiefer, the guy behind carb backloading wrote a great, uh, little book, little booklet on, um, on nicotine and everything about it. And he's a pretty sharp dude. He's a PhD. Um, so he's not just some meathead, uh, nicotine declassified. If you want to further investigate, um, nicotine, it's, it's a great, great handy tool because don't just take it from me. I, I understand. I, I understand why people would be reticent to believe that. Um, I mean, you're told <laughs> since day one, like that's the devil, you know, is nicotine and tobacco. But the truth is, is, is tobacco products are the devil. Um, smoking tobacco and the, the, the tobacco industry and what they put in their tobacco, that's, really, really bad for you. Isolating, isolating the drug nicotine is a, is a completely different thing. It really, really is. Um, so I encourage you to go there. And then fats, healthy fats and protein are always going to be more satiating than uh, carbohydrates, even complex healthy carbs, you know, uh, the sweet potato and the things which I don't um, have a problem with. I, I'm a big carb guy. I eat, you know, lots of rice and sweet potatoes and um, fruits and things like that. But uh, typically... Um, you know, just pound for pound, if you're going to go with hunger and, and, and keeping hunger at bay, um, fats and proteins are really satiating. And that's why – and one of the other reasons why I recommend everybody really pump their protein intake up. Um, I, I, I like to start with a pound per – excuse me, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. So for, uh, for this fella in here, the Crypt Keeper, blah, um, that's 190 grams of protein. You'll definitely notice that uh, your appetite will will drop down a bit. You'll, you'll just won't be so ravenous, you know. Because I, I feel you, dude. I'm a guy who I I'm not a naturally big guy, but I was roided out, you know, in my early 20s, and I've always trained really hard, and so I got this way of eating that's like kind of crazy. Um, and I, and I have to really keep my hunger at bay, you know. It's it's an issue. Um, what else? Uh, hunger, 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 hunger. Uh, Oh, apples. Apples are great. 
Apples are a great little tool and, and one of the healthiest fruits you can have, one of the most beneficial for dieting. Um, I could get really break it down, but citrus and, and apples, they're great. They're great, 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 great for dieting. And, um, you know, don't let the, the low carb community scare you completely away from things like fruits, berries and, and apples. And there's a lot of, lot of great health and, and dieting metabolic benefits from fruits. Um, but if you are on a low carb diet, of course, you know, that's not, that's not really an option. And I'm not here to shit on keto or low carb. I'm simply saying that people, because of the big push recently in the last 10, 10 years or so of a more low carb approach, people have gotten, uh, fruit phobic and, uh, it's not, it's not good, man. It's really a lot of good things in fruit to help you dieting and getting leaner. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's some good tips, dude. Um, and get better sleep. You will be shocked how much better your appetite control and your craving control will be if you get solid sleep night after night. All right, all right, right. Stop, stop. One second. Hold up. Okay. Before we get to the Q&A, before we get to the good stuff, I got to take a real quick moment to tell you about something awesome, something that can get you excited, something that can create fun during the lockdown. It's true. While you're sitting at home, you can still have fun betting online. How? With no Major League Baseball, no NBA, no NHL, well, don't worry. BetOnline.ag has your back. NASCAR, there's NASCAR, bet on that. Madden, NBA 2K, gaming, it's right there. You can bet on that. The UFC, Dana White does not care about the rules. He's putting on fights and he's putting on a lot of them. You can bet on that. There's also online casino uh, right there at betonline.ag with poker and blackjack. And coming up next Sunday, hear this. Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, ooh, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining to discuss Michael Jordan documentary, After the Dance. It's amazing, and I do want to hear what they have to say about it. There's still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. That's MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, and use the promo code MYPOD100, that's MYPOD100, BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Now, this is from Laura Castaneda, 727. Big fan of your wife from Rules. What does a typical day consist of for her to maintain her figure? You live. Um, uh, not to... See, I don't want to sell my wife out or anything, but, you know... I don't want to say sell out. That's a weird thing. I don't, I don't want to talk out of school or say something that my wife would be uncomfortable with. But my wife is um, – first off, she's tall. My wife's a very tall woman, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, something like that. So she has that gift. Um, it's a lot easier to kind of maintain your figure when you're taller. Um, anyone out there who's short knows that I, you know, I speak the truth. It's really tough to make because you just don't – it's kind of like – there's not as much surface area <laughs> to fill in. Um, so my wife's tall and she's always – she is genetically gifted. My wife is one of those people. She always had like – now she's let her she – she'll be the first to admit she's let her figure go at points in her career. But she also – you know, she was gifted. My wife has like big, broad, like nice shoulders and really teeny natural waist and a big giant ass and muscular thighs and stuff, you know. So she's got genetic gifts to work with. But my wife is also really she's she's pretty disciplined about her dieting. She's not as anal retentive as I am. Like she lives her life a lot more. But she you know day in and day out, my wife eats very healthy, um, very high protein, protein with every meal. Um, my wife is a big meat eater. I don't know if that's 
your date your deal but my wife is uh, you know she likes her chicken and meat and fish um lots of veggies and lots of fruit and she only eats three times a day sometimes two my wife is not a big snacker i think naturally she is but she's come to realize that it just fits her better to to feel better uh, emotionally mentally and physically to um kind of space out her meals and have bigger meals much more infrequently um i wouldn't say that she's like uh, intermittent faster because she doesn't eat by the clock she's one of those people like i eat when i'm hungry and uh, you will not see my wife like snacking um and when she does she's like why am i doing this <laughs> so like uh, you know it, it, as far as like what she intends to do to maintain her figure those are the things and then she she likes lifting weights and she likes to run my wife is a is a um an outdoorsy chick um, that's the like granola Seattle side of her. She, she likes to go on hikes and run and stay very active. She takes the dogs on long walks pretty much every day. Um, and I've, you know, I've gotten in her head about the 10,000 steps every day. And my wife does a lot of, um, body weight and light, um, weight training, uh, resistance training. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's about it. About two or three times a week, she resistance trains and then two or three times a week on top of that, she does some type of like cardio. Um... What's my eating like from Lunchbox 66? What are your eating habits like? Um, well, that's a, that's a tough one to answer because that, I could go very broad just to give you some ideas. But the problem is, is like I don't want people to say like, oh, I like your physique, Mike. What do you do? I'm going to follow that because that never works. And it's actually I, – I don't want people to do that because I don't want people to get led down some path that's going to lead to frustration. Um, how Every guy, every guy worth a salt has seen some movie or seen some athlete um, on TV or in person and gone, that guy looks like how I want to look. You scour the internet or you go to some fucking – you know, flex magazine article about like, what did Bruce Lee work out? Like, what was his workout? Like, what was his diet? Like, what is Brad Pitt in fight club? How did he do that? Uh, Arnold, of course, Arnold, Bruce Lee, those are the biggest Mike Tyson, another one. Uh, and you know, more recently, like guys like Chris Hemsworth or Ryan Reynolds, whatever. it's like, how did they get that body? Well, there's a million factors that go into them getting that body. There are going to be some like through lines. I'm sure they train like animals and I'm sure they ate really well. But everyone's body's wildly different. Almost all of the people I mentioned are genetically fucking elite. But I will tell you this. Okay, so I'll give you some background on how I train and how I eat so that you can glean some information from it. But I do, I really, 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 really recommend that you don't go, okay, what does Mike do? I want to look like Mike which is a flattering. I see a lot of DMs and stuff like that. And, and that does, honestly, it really is flattering and I love it. But, um, I, I really do encourage, don't take what guy or gal a does and think like, I'm going to do exactly like that, follow that protocol. And I'm going to look like that person because that's not the case. You don't have my training history. You don't, you're not my age. You're not, you may not be my gender. You're certainly not my natural build. Um, you don't have a history of using steroids. Uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you don't have my knowledge of how to apply like muscle tension and, and mind-muscle connection. You, there's, there's just a million factors that go into it. Um, so uh, I have fucked around with intermittent fasting and eating really infrequently. I do like it from like a time-sensitive standpoint. But I found my real – my real – 
sweet spot, I should say, like where I really feel like I'm, I'm humming on all cylinders, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, five times, I eat five times a day, three times I eat what would be considered meals, and two kind of snack-y foods, um, oftentimes that'll be either pre or post workout where it's like really little, like an apple and a, and a, and a couple egg whites or, um, uh, any type of piece of fruit and like a really small portion of protein, three to four ounces of meat or like, uh, uh, two hard boiled eggs, something like that. I try not to intake any protein powder or protein bars. If that's your thing, go ahead. But I just really, really believe in real food. Um, the digestion of it, the uh, micro, the the way that your body assimilates the nutrients, uh, I think it's far superior with real food. I eat protein at uh, all f- five meals except for one, which I make just fruit. And usually I'll have either like four or five ounces of something like mango or pineapple, um, which are great for digestion, or an apple or um, like uh, some type of berries. Now, why do I do that? I eat a lot of protein. So five out of the, four out of the five meals, I'm eating protein, a lot of it. I be, I'm a big believer in it. I think you should too. But I also believe that there is a time and a place to allow your digestive tract to rest. I've seen a lot of good evidence that for longevity and health, um, if you're going to be engaging in these protein gorging uh, sessions for a prolonged period of time, it's nice to allow your um, your digestive tract to get a little massage and the all fruit meal really does that. I, I learned that from uh, a trainer that I've been working with for 20 years. One of the guys that really first helped me get into like serious bodybuilding and physique control, uh, Alessandro Comadina, an IFBB pro from Italy. The guy's in his late 50s. He's shredded. He knows more. He's forgotten more about nutrition than I'll ever know. But he's been a real savior for me. Uh, Steve Maxwell as well always was a big proponent for the uh, all all fruit meal. Um, and then uh, Faraz Zahabi in the MMA world, it, largely considered one of, if not the best overall MMA head coach in the world up at TriStar in Canada. Um, probably most famous for being George St. Pierre's head coach. Um, he He's a big believer in it too. And it's just like you got to understand that uh, you, you have all these goals. You have all these ideas of what you want to do with your nutrition once it goes in your body. Well, at some point, digestion has to be a priority um, and gut health. And I just don't think – I'm not saying don't take probiotics. I'm not saying that probiotics are shit. I, I don't – I'm not smart enough to say that. What I am saying is that from the studies and the the, the science that I've seen, the jury's out on whether or not they're worth the money. So if you're not going to turn to adding in probiotics and prebiotics into the body, I, I like to uh, allow my uh, digestive tract and my uh, gut to get this nice benefit of the enzymes, digestive enzymes and the kind of nutritional benefit of the inulin from an apple, let's say. There's a lot of just built-in benefits of Fruits, and when they come at, uh, isolated without uh, other protein or fats to um, interfere with digestion or slow down digestion. So, like I said, one of my five meals will be an all fruit meal, and it's very small. Um, it's almost always either an, a single apple or mango or pineapple, one of those three. 
Um, so the other four meals are usually a protein source. I'm a big egg guy. I'm a big egg white guy, depending on how much fat I want in my meal. I'm a big, uh, chicken thigh and lean beef or buffalo guy. I love bison, big bison guy. I eat a lot of bison, eat a lot of, uh, ground turkey and ground chicken and, uh, you know, chicken breast and chicken and turkey breast. Um, basic stuff, a lot of seafood. I like, I like seafood. I, I just, really cycle in <laughs> all these uh, amazing protein sources. Um, and I have a lot of uh, veggies, as I've told you, a lot of spinach, a lot of um, lettuces, like nutrient-dense lettuces, like butter and red butter and uh, little gems, a lot of asparagus, a lot of zucchini, um, a lot of peppers, and, uh, you know, that ra- really is about it. Now, my carb sources are almost always... Um, oatmeal in the mornings or uh, sweet potato later in the day or um, Ezekiel bread. Start to fuck around with a little Ezekiel bread um, and uh, rice. And that's it. That's honestly, that is my diet. So four, four meals a day of protein, some carbs, and some, some green veggies. One meal a day of just a piece of fruit. Um, I get about 40 to 60 grams of protein with each of those four meals. So, you know, for a guy, my, I'm 175-ish. That's about where I That's about where I end up. And uh, it works for me. It does work for me. That That is, in a nutshell, how I eat. So I hope that answered your question, buddy. A couple more questions. Uh, and, and as always, if you have any questions, DM me or put them on comments at Mikey Likes You One, the number one, at Mikey Likes You Number One. Um, I am always looking for good questions. How do I get my mostly diabetic family into exercise? They complain, then have more health issues. I started your lunges just indoors whenever I get up. Um, well, it's really hard. I feel for you, and um, I, I'm glad that, you, you know, obviously everybody loves and cares for their their family for the most part, and uh, you want them to be healthy, and when they're not, it's tough, and I'm not trying to sell out my dad here. I, I, I'm not in any way trying to embarrass him, but I, as I mentioned earlier, my dad's a, a bigger guy, and he's always struggled with his weight, and you just got to kill him with kindness, especially if you're younger than this person, if you're a grand, grandkid or a or a child. Um, or a younger sibling, you really don't stand to gain anything by telling people how to live their life. You're going to get resentment. You're going to get anger. You're going to get defensiveness, pushback, all that. You just got to say, hey, you know, I love you. I really want you to be healthy and happy, and I want you to be around for as long as you possibly can, and you're just not going to do that in the condition you're in now. And so I'm just throwing that out there, and... uh I'm not going to get on your case. I'm not going to be on you. And then also lead by example. That is the strongest thing you can do. It's really hard to, to kind of start pointing fingers if you're stuffing your face with fucking nachos, you know. Um, leading by example is uh, is really something that I've found. I, I've seen it by people who I follow who have been leaders to me. And then I've seen it when people, they say it to me about what I've done for them um, in my personal life, you know. Uh, it's always backfired when I put, when I kind of do the finger pointing and then, you know, give people ultimatums or, you know, it's just, it never works. Adults hate being told how to live their life, but you can just let them know you're there for them and that you care and that you really do wish that they would get more control of their health. It's my best advice, man. 
What would you suggest for someone very tall and skinny trying to gain muscle mass but having issues? Any sort of workouts or nutrition advice would be amazing. Also get Rudy on that podcast somehow. Um, Periodization at Nick Place. If For those of you, and I know you hate hearing about these people, most of us do not have any trouble gaining weight. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We want to prevent ourselves from gaining weight. But there are many, many people out there who are ectos who just they have no ability to put on weight. Um, and I get that. It happens. It's real. It's very real. Um, but everyone gains weight in a caloric surplus. Some people need more of a caloric surplus than others. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Everyone gains weight in a caloric surplus. That's it. That's basic biology. Can't tell me otherwise. The problem is, is that some people have a genetic makeup where their, their caloric baseline is so fucking high that it, they just can't do it. Um, and we all know those guys and gals that they, they just, you seemingly eat like crazy and they don't gain weight. Well, that's because their, meta, their, their basal metabolic rate is really high. And maybe they train a lot too on top of that. You just got to keep pumping up the calories. Um, really healthy fa- – healthy fats are going to be huge for you because they're so calorically dense. I always um, – I used to know a guy who was really, really, really thin and he used to drink with his meals, with his – you know, uh, he, he would have a lot of fattier cuts of meat instead of like I, – I tend to lean towards leaner cuts of meat. But let's say for instance I eat a lot of flank steak or ground uh, – you know, uh, 10% ground beef. He was eating a lot of 20% ground beef. 20% fat, that is. Um, and he was eating a lot of ribeye and instead of flank, you know, and like just the fattier stuff. Um, and he would just guzzle coconut milk, um, Udo's oil, um, heavy whipping cream. Um, the, the, these are all really good sources of healthy fats that you just want to lay in there because – um, the protein and the carbs have to come obviously, but at nine calories per gram, fat is going to be really helpful in bulking up in adding calories. Um, so don't fear fat. Um, healthy fats are great. Um, right. It less fibrous sources because when you're eating so much, uh, you know, um, Stan efforting talked about that. The guy behind the vertical diet, he talked about working with half Thor, the guy from Game of Thrones, the mountain from Game of Thrones, he's also a, a competitive strongman. And he was working with him. And, and the guy, once they switched him to eating white rice instead of brown rice and, and less fibrous vegetables, um, he, could, he could digest a lot more food and get a lot more food in. So white rice is huge for, for gaining muscle mass. That's a great carb source. Now, what, now you may be saying, hey, wait, earlier in the earlier in the uh, episode, you recommended lots of fibrous vegetables and lots of fibrous sources of carbs. Yes. For someone who's trying to control their eating. For someone who's trying to knock down how much they're eating and they're intaking. Great idea. But even though, even you, the person who's dieting, you can take in too much fiber. It happens a lot because people hear the word fiber is healthy. They hear fiber is healthy over and over again. And you, there's too much of a good thing with fiber a lot. And it can really uh, interfere with digestion. But you know, 25, 35 grams of fiber a day is going to be help, help, help you um, with your overall health and help you with your dieting because it will keep you full. That being said, if you're trying to eat 5,000 calories like this guy who's really tall and really skinny and he's got to gain weight, if you're eating five, 6,000 calories and you're getting carb sources from fiber sources, you're going to be farting all day and you're not going to be able to eat enough. It just eventually you're just not going to be able to stuff yourself. White rice? 
Some white rice with some ground beef. You can eat that all fucking day. Uh, it's just so chemically appropriate for your stomach that it gets in and out really quickly. So those are the types of things you want to look for. Healthy fats, white rice, and then obviously lots of good sources of protein. When you get those good sources of protein, make them fatty sources um, so that you can help uh, beef up the uh, the calorie intake. And then uh, as far as training, I always recommend periodization. What do I mean by that? I mean there's going to be times when I, uh, when I think that someone who's really skinny should – Get into more hypertrophy-based training, higher reps, higher volume, not necessarily so intense. But you gotta work in. You gotta work in like a three-day-a-week, maybe even a full-body uh, plan where you're training your entire body three days a week, based around nothing but heavy compound lifting. Um, you know, do that for three to four weeks, then go into a more hypertrophy-based uh, program where you, because. You're going to have to dive into muscular development from all angles, and you do have a lot of fast twitch and s- slow twitch fibers, and they need to be trained in in like complete comprehensive nature to grow when you're when you're a hard grower. Um, and hard gainers have a hard time gaining weight. It's it's just legit, and there's like there's a big 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 benefit hormonally and 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 size wise and for you to lift in that three to five rep range super heavy nothing but deadlifts benching overhead press chin-ups and and squats you know just hammer them and just really heavy really low reps but then on top of that um you gotta you gotta work in some higher reps that 12 to 15 rep range for like eight to ten sets you know a lot more a lot more volume um, and you periodize it. Like I said, you, you have a really mapped out idea of what you're going to be doing for a month, then another month where you shift into something else. And you continually progress with both programs. So that is my best recommendation for you. Uh, I'm going to take one more here. What do you suggest for someone who has a routine of drinking and then eating big meals? Food addict and alcoholic, they go hand in hand. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um I don't think that one is feeding the other. I think that that person you're referring to is is an addict. The end. Now I didn't have a, a prob- I didn't have a problem with crack when I was drinking, and I didn't have a drinking problem when I was on crack. I just I'm a drug addict, and I I like I liked drugs and alcohol. All forms. One didn't feed the other. It was just that's the way I am. And food addiction is very real. And if someone is a is an addict, like really chemically an addict, and they have that kind of brain makeup, that chemical makeup, they're going to have just as much trouble controlling their eating as they are controlling their drinking. Um, obviously, it's way harder to control your eating when you're inebriated. Um, what do I suggest for someone like that is get in get into recovery. I mean, they need to get clean. That's it. Bottom line. There's, there's going to be no, absolutely zero ability for that person to control their eating if they're continually drinking in a problem way. There's nothing. And you can't get to the bottom of what caused these, you know, there's going to be some underlying trauma or some underlying experience that leads people to be this way, okay? You know, there certainly was for me and there has been with every fucking addict I've ever met. But... You're not going to be able to kind of reverse engineer it and backtrack and find out what those things are 
until you deal with the problem of addiction. That has to be the front line. Okay, that's the that those are the troops at the front. Those are the pawns in the front that you got to deal with first before you can get to the kings and the queens and the rooks and the knights and all that shit that's in the back that led to them, you know, you developing these addictions. So that's it. You know, very, very cut and dry. It is very uh, it is very simple, but it ain't easy. And it's you got to get into recovery, get into an inpatient facility. I usually recommend at least 28 days and then find a sponsor, work the steps. That's that's what I recommend. That's what worked for me. That's what I've seen work for people when they do it, when they actually apply themselves to it, if they're very serious about getting clean. There's a million ways to skin that cat. I'm not saying that's the only way to go about it, you know, the 12-step-based program. But that that's – when I see people commit themselves to doing it, it works, myself included. So that's my best recommendation. All right. Thank you to everyone, everyone um, who wrote in a question. I really do appreciate it. And um, in this crazy mixed up world, that makes you think that nobody cares. Remember, we do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.